Welcome to the Embracing Courage podcast. My name is Jen, and I'm your host. Currently, I am the Category Director for Society and Culture for Podcast Magazine, and I'm also a leader for Club Pod, the fastest growing club for podcasters on Clubhouse. Every week, I host a room for podcasters called Beyond the Microphone, and for the magazine, every month, I get to meet inspiring, amazing podcasters and share their story in the magazine. Their passion has been so inspiring and infectious that I didn't have a choice but to actually start my podcast. I'm delighted you're here. Let's go inside and let's get comfortable. everyone. Welcome back, or welcome back to me, I should say. It has been two months since I last recorded an episode of my podcast, and I didn't realize that two months had passed me by. Why did I take two months off? I have no idea. Part of it is that on the last episode that I recorded, I was especially vulnerable and I felt that I had disclosed too much of my family story and my story. I was brought up in a home that valued privacy and secrecy. Even to this day, I am a master secret keeper. I probably keep secrets better than anyone I have ever met. So after I recorded that last episode and put myself out there in the world, I think I needed to pull back and reflect and work through my feelings of guilt and shame which is a whole nother topic, which we will be covering later in regards to finding your voice and the role that guilt and shame plays in finding and identifying your voice. So what got me to record again is that several people that I have met on Clubhouse have started their podcast And I have done some amazing interviews for future issues of Podcast Magazine, and I started to miss my podcast. And I didn't want to become just another statistic that went into Podfade at around six or seven episodes. So this episode is me getting back on the horse And especially this today is my brother's 55th birthday. And it is also the two year anniversary of when my brother passed away. So yes, he was born and 
passed away on the same exact day. Not time. I don't believe I would have to look at his birth certificate to find out. So I recorded my first racket, which is another social audio platform. And I spoke about that because this morning when I woke up, I realized I was feeling a little blue and I don't keep track of the number of the day on the calendar. And I was laying there. My dreams were especially expressive last night. And I was laying there trying to figure out why I would wake up in this melancholic mood. And then I realized what day today is and so what I did last year was I went to my brother's Facebook page and thanked the people that remembered my brother on his birthday and I did the same thing today and last year I posted a message to my brother and this year I did the same which then inspired me to go make my first racket and so here I am because I still felt like I hadn't said enough and in conjunction with what happened on my last episode I'm not sure what's gonna happen here today so anyway My brother had a stroke several years ago and we went through very traumatic time. He, me, and his significant other for three years and then he had a second stroke. I will probably be starting a second podcast that exactly talks about this and shares the experience of stroke survivors because there's a very dark unknown side to stroke and stroke recovery and I do feel somewhat compelled to ensure that that does not happen to anyone else ever. So My brother had what I can only say or describe it as is probably a near-death experience. When he first woke up from his stroke for the first two weeks, he would be talking with me, would just be he and I in the ICU room. He would be having a conversation with me and he would turn his head to address someone else in the room and start talking with them like he was answering questions or having a discussion. And even a couple of times he would be like, oh, hi, as if someone had entered the room. At first, when it was happening, I just wouldn't say anything because I figured his brain was rebooting and you know getting back into the swing of things well as he became more communicative I did ask him oh you know sometimes you are talking to somebody in the room I was curious who you're talking to and what he told me was that they were people that had passed on that had been important to him. 
and I knew that he was actually seeing them in the moment because as I said he would look away from me and say oh hi speak to them and then turn right back to me so it was an active conversation in the moment well my brother when I got the call and spoke to the hospital, they told me that he was brain dead and had 0% chance of recovery and that he would be gone within 24 hours. And so I immediately flew to where my brother was, went to the hospital. They also confirmed that he would not be waking up, no brain activity, etc that his body was on life support and everything was being done by the computers well because of my own beliefs about death comas consciousness etc i believed that if his body was still here that his soul was still attached to his body and if he was going to choose to return, that he could do it with encouragement from family and loved ones. So I did spend time playing music that he liked, meditative music, and I even played some Abraham Hicks for him. And one night, he squeezed my hand. And the nurses and the doctors insisted that it was an involuntary muscle movement and that he had not responded to me being at his bedside. Uh, then he opened his eyes. And they said it was the same thing, that it was voluntary muscle reaction and that he was not waking up. Fast forward another night and I basically was living in an ICU, uh, not leaving except to go to the gym to take a shower. And again at his bedside, he held my hand for longer and I called the nurse in and I said please watch this I am going to ask my brother a question and we learn uh, she actually taught me okay the only way we can know that it's conscious thought versus a muscle reaction is we do thumbs up and thumbs down I said okay so I asked my brother a question. I asked him if he could hear me and that the only way that he could answer was not by responding by squeezing my hand, but to do a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So I asked him, can you hear me? And he gave a thumbs up. I'm reliving this moment right now and I am recalling the look on the nurse's face 
and the actual joy that she radiated because she was so happy. Here was this patient she had been caring for for almost a week who the doctors have been giving the prognosis of no recovery. And she was a witness to him doing a thumbs up. And later when I spoke to her about it, she said that she counts that as a miracle and that she has seen that happen before where people were given 0% chance of life actually come back. So I don't want to go too deep into sharing this experience other than to say that my brother, once he was able to speak because he had a breathing tube and he was more cognizant and on less medication, he and I did talk about what it was like for him when he was trying to wake up and could he hear the doctors and nurses and me and he did say that he fought to come back because he wasn't ready to go he could hear that his prognosis wasn't good but he knew when I was there and he knew when his significant other was there and he did see the light and he said no I'm going back it's not my time yet and he described fighting and the struggle and he said it didn't feel physical because his body was immobile but he recognized that it was a struggle and that he just knew he couldn't leave his significant other this way and that he had to come back so, you know, I've always been interested in consciousness, stream of consciousness, paranormal type activity, near-death experiences, etc. But it is quite another thing when you witness or hear the first-hand account from somebody um, who has been called towards the light and chooses to not go into it. Knowing now what I didn't know was going to take place over the next three years, there is a part of me that wishes that my brother had gone towards the light. It would have been difficult for those of us in his life. However, once I share what happened post everything, um, it was probably more traumatic. But of course, everything happens for a reason and a purpose. And here I am today. My brother was a musical theater actor. He loved acting. He loved singing. And so I think it was with dramatic flair <laughs> that he chose to depart on his birthday. I think at that point he realized 
or maybe the call from the light was so strong that he did not want to have that fight and struggle to come back a third time. Yes, it would have been the third time. And so this is going to transition me to talking about the way that my mother passed away. When I was 18, my mother had what they say was a stroke, zero brain activity, etc. And maybe I talked about this on my last podcast, but needless to say, she had a stroke. Her sister, who she hadn't seen in over 20 years, was flying to the United States from Cal- uh, Japan no cell phones at that time. I go drive to San Francisco to pick my aunt up. And my mother was very prideful. And I'm sure she instilled that in my brother and I as well. And that's part of my brother's fight to come back. And so when we got back to the hospital, my brother was 15 at the time, actually, the nurses said that my mother had passed away and her time of death was exactly the moment that her sister's plane landed in San Francisco. So ever since I was 18, I have known that there is some magic, there's some kind of destiny There's some mystery in this universe. I haven't explored it in depth and gone down a rabbit hole as to why. I just look at it as an amazing wonder of our human existence. And so when I tie that in with my brother which also gave me a little bit more further personal experience, it really makes me wonder, you know, I love Manifest, the TV show. And right now they are talking about a death date, destiny, and these people having callings. And... It really makes me wonder about the magic of life. To be honest, my mother was 48 when she passed away. And I lived my life in the shadow of that number. I was afraid that I was only going to live to see 48. Her parents passed away when she was seven, so they were much younger than her. And the closer I got to 48, the more fearful I was because I hadn't done a lot with my life, what I had dreamt I would do, what I would think I would have accomplished at that time. And so 
I remember on my 48th birthday, actually the night before my 48th birthday, I was surprised that I was still here. And I said, okay, if I wake up tomorrow, I have been granted more time and I survived my death date because that's how deeply ingrained it was in me since I was 18 for what 30 years that that was when I was going to pass away despite the fact that when I was in elementary school listening to Jiminy Cricket singing I'm going to live to be 101 whatever that silly song was I really believe that. I spent a lot of time in therapy about that. So, of course, as each year went by and I am still vibrant, healthy, enjoying my life, it was out of the blue when I got the call about my brother, who was 50. He and I never got to speak about if he carried this death date with him. He was relatively healthy. He drank. He smoked. Um, he may have been an alcoholic. They say that his heart showed signs of that. And that's why they think he had the stroke. But he was 50 which is young and very close to my mother's age. So here I am. Um, I'll disclose my age because nobody believes me. They want to see proof. But I am, wait, what am I? What year is this? Okay, it's 2021. Sorry, <laughs> I lost track of myself there a little bit. So that means I am 57. I am 57. So I have outlived this age of my mother by nine years. And I've had an incredible experience in life beyond what my brother and my mother experienced. So, um, right now, I feel like I'm just rambling a little bit, but I feel like it is important for me to share a little bit about me that's a little bit deeper beyond, um, me being encouraging and supportive of other people, especially because of the way that my brother passed away, the experiences around it. Today is a bittersweet day. As I said, it's his birthday. And it's also the day that he made his exit on stage left. And it makes me think about gratitude it makes me think about the universe, spirituality, and with the things happening in the world, Asian violence is getting 
worse. This month is Pride Month. Like there's so much love in this world and yet there is so much pain and tragedy and turmoil. And all I can do is share my experience and hope that it lights somebody's way in the darkness and that I can be a beacon of light and hope and joy as people move through and transition from places of pain, sorrow, lack of hope, despair. And I do have some interviews coming up that I are amazing stories with amazing people that I've met recently. And I am looking forward to sharing those stories with you. And I'm going to do something that I have not yet done. One, they say, of course, that I'm supposed to give a call to action. Well, I've not promoted my podcast. I've not asked for reviews. I've not asked for anyone to share the podcast. And obviously, in order for me to spread my message of joy, hope, and courage, I need any listeners to share as well. And I would love it if you would give me a review as well. I um, have started to get some reviews and it's so exciting. Um, so thank you. Those of you have done that. I will start reading them in future episodes. I'm definitely going to get more organized and consistent and not just record when inspiration hits me. So those of you that have made it this far <laughs> into the podcast, thank you for listening. And I look forward to getting to know you. I do have a Facebook page for the podcast. And I also have a private Facebook group where we can talk about some of these things that I share on the podcast. And I just want to say, wherever you are in the world, thank you for being you and just love and accept yourself where you are. And I'm going to continue to work on and do the same. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next next time. I'm not going to say week because I might get another episode out. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Embracing Courage. I'm here to hold space for you and celebrate your wins. We are all on a journey of discovery and each of us shines uniquely bright. There's always joy, hope, and courage. Until next time, safe travels. <laughs>